Hello everyone and welcome to Nano Community Tech, a uniting voice for technology enthusiasts everywhere. I'm continually amazed at the important work that entrepreneurs and co-founders of supported travel experiences, Jan Sharavel and Andrew Hagar, do to help people with disabilities experience memorable vacation travel. Unlike any other travel agency, Jan and Andrew are proactively involved in pre, during and post travel, keeping in touch with the traveler and attending to their changing needs. In this podcast, I ask them about their COVID-19 pivot, their future technology to enhance travel and overcoming the fear of travel in the post-pandemic world. Welcome to the show, Jan and Andrew. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having us. Jan and Andrew have started a company called Supported Travel Experiences who uh, do personalized holiday experiences for people with disabilities and families. Look, Andrew and Jan, I'm very keen to understand a little bit more about what your company does. So tell us a bit more. Sure. Um, So Andrew and I um, co-founded Supported Travel Experiences, STX, um, earlier this year. Um, This was at the back of um, taking over a small uh, travel agency called Viva Travel. Um, And last year, obviously, as you would know, uh, the travel industry got hit quite severely. Um, And Andrew and I, and we can dig into this, we have uh, on our own accord, uh, different experiences dealing with disabilities and people with disabilities. Uh, and we realized that there was a, a, a clear gap in the market uh, to help people with disabilities and severe disabilities and also families with people with disabilities to be able to offer uh, travel experiences that were similar to anyone traveling uh, domestically and internationally. And, and that that gap in the market, we decided to uh, set up STX um, and we thought it would be very important for us to be as well recognized by NDIS, uh, the National Disability Insurance Scheme, um, which provide funding um, to people with disabilities and severe disabilities to achieve their goals. And they, 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 they have um, some, they have a plan where they can use services to help them achieve those goals. One thing I would add um, when Jan talks about the gap in the market and, and why this space is, we, we looked at it um, and, you know, one of our visions or, or goals as an organisation is to really how do we make travel accessible for all? Um, and, and, and it's very hard if you have a, a disability to, to freely travel around um, Australia, let alone the world. So there, there's gaps in that market from the data uh, around um, what accessible travel options are there, um, the services uh, that are provided, uh, the support that a, that a customer may need, um, and as well as even from a travel agency point of view, having a travel agent that can pull all of that together. So we, we, we have various experience in all of those fields. Uh, so one of the things we wanted to do was to set up a, a company to really pull all of those things together to help customers with various accessible needs be able to, to travel the world. One thing I've noticed when I looked up your uh, website was that this is not just for the uh, traveller themselves. This is beyond that. Can you tell us a little bit more about what services you offer beyond the traveller, fi- for, for example, for their families and so on? 
the gap in the market, I guess we talk about is uh, traveling and, and the support that you need. Um, but, the, you know, for example, there's a lot of tour companies around Australia in particular that that offer accessible touring options. Um, and that, that's fantastic. That's a really good market. But it's, it's great for people that want to do that particular tour that have that particular um, requirement. Um, <clears throat> for example, if you want to uh, travel on 10 days through Tasmania um, and you have um, children uh, that may have sensory needs, uh, having finding the right operator or right environment for, for, for those kids is, is really difficult. Uh, you might also be travelling yourself and you may need support um, on that particular holiday. So it might be medical equipment, it might be a support worker, it might be respite care. Uh, having someone to help coordinate that for you is actually really, really difficult to do. So it's really difficult to find. So when we talk about the services, we're not just providing what we might call traditional travel agency services, which is booking flights, accommodations and tours, and we, and we do all that. But we're also providing that additional support that a customer may need on that particular holiday. So it could be things like hiring medical equipment um, in your destination or transferring your own medical equipment from where you live to, to where you're travelling to. It could be coordinating and managing um, support workers. Um, it could be looking after emergency care if something actually was to happen with you when you're on a holiday. Um, we provide all of that additional support um, needed for the customer, or we coordinate, I guess you could say, all of that additional support as well. That, that's an impressive amount of logistics that need needs coordination. And certainly from what I can uh, gather, this is, you know, a lot of um, unexpected things potentially could happen during um, a traveller's uh, journey. And, and you're obviously keeping track, some way of keeping track of that and you're, uh, and then and then reacting or maybe anticipating uh, their requirements. I would imagine there's a fair bit of technology that sits behind that to enable you to do so. Uh, the, th the technology space is a quite an interesting one for the travel industry. Um, we've seen in the last five, 10 years, a clear digitalization of the industry. Um, if we were to show you how we work, we, it's still fairly, uh, there's a lack of, lack of integration. But over the last five years, there is a clear focus on how we leverage technology uh, to, to provide better experiences for the customers, really, um, and not to focus too much on, on the back office and the middle office. Um, we, we did invest, uh, studying investing a lot in the technology space uh, before COVID. Um, unfortunately, with the with COVID hitting and um, and the impact to the industry altogether, um, we have to pause there. And we we see that clearly across the industry that the investment in technology has been paused. Other part of the of the world is studying reinvesting in those technologies, but in Australia, it's quite slow. And and there is some really exciting technology that that we're using um, to help customers. Um, and you know, groups, individuals, uh, getting the best experience they can when they travel. So if you think about the existing technology we use today, so we use a number of um, technology platforms that exist in the, in the travel industry more broadly. Um, those are things like CRMs, um, what we call middle office software, which is where we look after all of our reservation information, our booking, our itinerary generation, um, back office software, financial software, all, all of that exists. As Jan was saying, they're not necessarily all integrated together, and that's a digitalization journey that the, the organisation and, and the industry, sorry, more broadly is going to continue to take. Um, if we then start to branch out to say, how does that exist to um, the, uh, the disability space of travel? Uh, there's another of other, a number of other platforms um, and technology sources that we reach into. So 
there's um, data warehouse that has various information about accessible options for for operators and tour companies and tractions and that's an area that needs to improve quite significantly as we as we build as an industry and we can come back to that but there's other platforms that are in existence today um, specifically for the disability space so if you think about um uh, disability travel for uh, for people, and we're, we're we're trying to cater for all disabilities. Um, a, a client may have very specific needs um, for support on that particular holiday, and that's going to vary quite differently um, depending on the disability, the support that they may need, the support that they may already have, where they're travelling to, for example. Even so, what we do is we try and um, uh, work with uh, uh, support coordinators that may work with that uh, NDIS participant or, or the client themselves or the, or a family member. Of of the client um, to really have a really good understanding of what support uh, and services uh, they may need when they're on the holiday. We then use a number of different platforms um, that exist already to match uh, a support worker, for example, a carer, um, even technology or, or, sorry, equipment, I should say, to be able to reach out and find what services and support um, will suit that particular customer when they're travelling. And we use that technology to, to bridge, um, I, I guess, that what we might call an information gap um, to say, okay, well, if this tr person is travelling to this area, they need this support and we've got the um, support required for them um, and we're using technology to be able to match those. So typically, a if somebody were to use your services, can you run through how they would interact with you and how they would uh, actually embark on their holiday? Typically, the, 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 they will start with a contact. And, and you know, in the disability space, we, we're leaving a, a lot of options available for people to contact us. Uh, obviously, we have a, a landing page and a website that is fully accessible, so you can be accessed by by, by various disability and you know, low vision or vision impairment uh, people. There is a, a booking process where we actually capture all the requirements uh, that could come from a support coordinators, or we, we may request uh, some information from 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 the participants of the of the the, the, the travelers directly. Uh, and we we do capture this information uh, in our in our CRM. We understand the requirements. We start developing the experience, and we build. And as as Andrea was mentioning, we do access a number of data sources to help designing that experience. There is back and forth uh, on on finalizing the experience. Um, some of the technology that we were starting investing in is the ability to to have uh, a, a platform where customers can connect to and then look at an experience and decide and choose and pick and from uh, you know, the activities or, or, or the location they want to visit and then interactively change with us the, the itinerary. Um, so that, that's that's a cool tool that we look at as a, at the moment. Um, and, and then there is some, you know, what is clearly missing um, and going to be even more valid throughout uh, in the disability space, which is how we provide constant support and one point of contact during the, 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 the trip and the experience and how we communicate consistently to make sure everything's, you know, this is the difference as well in using a travel agent compared to, uh, to going on your own. It's, you, you have someone behind that, you know, if any issues or, or changes occur, you can, you can rely on to, uh, to help and assist with any change. In the disability space, the people traveling 
you know, often they, they don't travel because they lack the confidence in traveling. There is a fear of the change, the fear of what can happen. So having someone to be able to communicate to and with constantly and having that, um, offering the digital way to communication is important as well in that space. Um, so there is apps that we're using to, uh, to, to enable this communication and ongoing communication during the, the experience. When travelers are on that journey, is it expected that they will have some sort of technology or they will have access to an app or, uh, or, or you know, some kind of uh, an online way of communicating with you? Or is it just, would they typically just use the, their, their phone or would they then go through their families? Like what's, what, what are you finding as the typical way that they interact with you? So there's a, a few things in, in that space. If we're talking about um, uh, need for us to engage when they're on the trip because something may have happened or um, they need something changed, for example, um, there might be an emergency situation, they're, they're typically going to call us. Um, we, we provide 24-7 support for that and that's the easiest way to reach out to us. But um, what we are looking at and one of the things Jan was talking about before, we were working with a, a, st- a text startup sorry, um, uh, prior to COVID or during COVID, which was around how do we improve the engagement with customers when they're on a trip. So not necessarily for emergency situations, but things like um, how do we actually, so working with, uh, and it'd be like an app um, that have obviously geolocating and you might be in a particular region, that app may recognise that it's raining on that particular day. So we'll send through um, a voucher through that particular app to say, look, here's a discounted tickets for the indoor aquarium. Um, So there's that real-time information um, that's actually adding value to to the customer when they're on their trip. Um, The other thing that that would do in in, um, a group situation, this is maybe somewhat outside the disability space more generally, but um, being able to engage with the other people on your particular group post photos, reactor photos, um, uh, and just improve the, the client engagement. Because look, typically in, in the travel industry, the, the on-trip aspect tends to get forgotten. Um, so there's a lot of work in the travel agency space around the preparation, the planning, the booking, uh, and then it tends to be left back um, and you might work with the client again on the next trip or see some feedback. So what we wanted to do, and we were applying this to the disability travel as well, is how do we improve the engagement with the client and the customers when they're actually on the trip? And technology is a really critical way to do that. And, and the opportunity that we have is at the moment we're focusing on domestic, you know, domestic travel, which is on communication, you know, it's, it, it, the, the opportunity is, is have there, I would say, you know, if you go to Cairns, you speak English, everyone speaks English, it's fine. You, you can use your test strap on an Optus phone. It's, it's, it's easy. But setting up the, 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 the technology now for when people start traveling overseas, this is where, you know, the, the, the value will be. When, when they travel in the middle of South America, they don't have phone connection, but they have Wi-Fi. They can communicate with us. We can, you know, this is also that we're looking at. It's it's not just focusing on the domestic because this is easy and but this is short term. Uh, our focus is really taking those people with disability and taking them outside of Australia and, and getting the same experience that you and I would have if you go to South America as well. The technology that uh, you're currently using uh, to to create that sort of proactive way of you know, providing the best experience. So I would imagine that as you, you talked about it before, I would imagine that the, the at the point of uh, agreeing to an experience, a traveler 
would you know go back and forth they would they customize the experience but then they're able to you know halfway through their trip they go oh you know what that other experience that i thought was good is no longer um and i want to change that and potentially change it because of things that may not have been easily planned like weather yeah. issues or other other such uh, things that may come up unexpectedly on a so would you say that that's that's the 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 big value add of what you're doing which is different from uh, any other and and you know as as you talk about that perhaps maybe even I'd be very curious to know more about how you kind of get to the proactive sense because that's that's where I think it's really exciting and of course and and really valuable to to any traveler so if we talk technology in that space i'd say we we're we're, prov- we're providing that service as a value add but um when we're talking on trip we're not necessarily using the technology yet because that's that digitalization journey that we're going through at the moment and and we were planning to be there now but covid did put a hold on that um obviously it's been a challenging sort of 18 months in the industry um so we held back on some of the investment we will obviously pick that up again hopefully very soon um but you you're absolutely right there that's a that's a key engagement and a value add factor moving forward um that uh will provide that ability for a customer on trip to be able to select that using technology um that then needs to consider in the disability space as um a fit for purpose technology as well uh depending on the the, the type of disability that that a client may have so that I, i guess adds another um layer to how we actually consider in the development uh, uh, of that particular technology um the other thing i would say and it's probably just picking up on a point and i um i made earlier is one of the things that i guess is lacking um in this space to really make a huge value add in um accessible travel is the data so there's um there is what we call an Australian data warehouse Australian tourism data warehouse I should say that has a number of categories on operators and when I talk operators I'm talking um hoteliers attractions tour companies and so forth um and that data warehouse has enormous categories for accessible data um and very granular unfortunately it's not very well populated so what so what is what is a big gap in the market at the moment is a lack of data and information that's readily available for people to i i guess um use technology to identify what is suitable for their particular needs and that, and that is something that we as a business um are really striving to to improve across the industry so improving the data that we can leverage into the technology that improves the customer experience um and and quite specific in this space to to people with disabilities one of the things that stood out to me was just about uh the post travel experience i suppose when we talked about on travel we've got all these unexpected uh, things that may come up but once the travels completed are you still engaged with the traveler in any way shape or form the key the key aspect of of travel is better understanding of our customer yeah so uh, and and better understanding the behavior of our customer so getting getting some feedback first on 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 the trip and on the provider that we use is quite critical so we we do keep in touch in the sense that we we'd like to hear from from their experience um but then then we capture a lot of information on 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 our CRM and that helps us keeping in touch with them but also providing information with you know if we know they they, they went to South America they like South America we can send them more information on South America um um yeah we 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 do have a we, we use a CRM like like in the industry but um that, that helps us a lot in the long term 
And, and also for um, for STX or supported travel experiences, we also work a lot um, through uh, other NDIS service providers, so a support coordinator or a plan manager. Uh, so we work directly uh, with people that are actually assisting um, customers on NDIS plans. So we work twofold. We work with obviously the travellers and then the people travelling with, uh, sorry, the, and the family, for example, travelling with them, um, but then also the, uh, the support that they may have um, as well as the NDIS service providers they're working with. So uh, that again is um, so pre-trip and then post-trip are working with them as well. Um, as Jan was saying about seeking feedback, about how can we improve, um, actually go, linking it back to let's capture some information and data around the operators that they visited so we can improve the data as well. So there's a range of things we're doing there. Well, I'm curious to know a little bit more about the uh, potential technology that you're going to put in place, especially with the uh, geolocation context awareness that you were talking about before. Can you give us a little bit of a flavor of what uh, exciting things or scenarios that you you believe this uh, technology will help create uh, or or you know problems it will solve uh, for travelers going forward? Very good question, Sandeep. <laughs> Look, um, and tech travel is is a is a space in the technology industry uh, with a lot of startups. Actually, in Brisbane, there is a few mm -hmm. startups uh, focusing on the uh, travel technology. The, the I, I think what what is the focus is really providing the during trip experience um, by using the you know AI and machine learning to to be able to do that more automatically. Um, at the moment, the technology is there to know that you know a family with three kids is traveling to uh, to the Gold Coast and it's raining. So as as Andrew was saying, we can we can see that and then we can probably follow up on saying here's your voucher for an indoor activity, so the kids don't get too crazy. Um, but, but but that's still manual. I think the the you know the, the real innovation will come from when AI and machine learning is is used to actually identify those scenarios and and really automatically provide those those services and those you know extra activities to 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 help on the on the experience. Using that with also the understanding of our customers. So when we when we deal with a customer, we understand the requirements, but we also like to know their preferences and you know the way they like to communicate. So when we put all of this together, there is a, a clear opportunity for innovation in that space to provide a, a, an amazing experience on trip and then you know, post trip. Um, so that, that, that's exciting, and then that's what the, the startups are, are working on. Um, we were working as well with another startup just before COVID, uh, focusing on. Uh, identifying based on your preferences around a number of categories, like if you like um, going into countries that don't speak English, or if you like hot weather, or warm weather, or cold weather, identifying the location that is suitable for designing your trip. Um, it, it's something that is a bit interactive, but also provides some insight on, you know, based on your preferences and your behavior, these are the places you should go and visit. So it's also helping, you know, in the design stage where people are thinking about traveling, not really knowing where to go. At, at, at this stage, it's quite easy because you have a number of states and that's it. But when borders open, it's more about uh, how we can help our customers to really make sure that they, they travel to the places they will really enjoy 
not based on the country they say they want to visit, but based on their preferences and based on their behavior and then habits and, and stuff like that. And, and getting that information, there is algorithm that they're, they're, they're working on, on based on all of these, these are the, the key cities or, or countries that you really enjoy. And let's, you know, us design the experience for you. So that's, that's pretty neat. Is the uh, technology also telling you which countries, cities, locations, uh, domestically or internationally are best that, that, that for people? Yeah, that particular platform or startup that we're working with is building that exact model. So they're, they're going quite granular in um, terms of asking what your preferences are. So across, I think from memory, there was around 11 categories and each categories had, say, seven to 10 um, aspects. So it can be down to I like um, visiting museums and I like, you know, um, going to countries that have an average summer temperature of above 30 degrees and things like that. So you fill in as much as those categories uh, and subcategories as, as you want and then it will um, basically pull out a list of locations and preferences with a um, percentage alignment to how close to your, your preferences are with that location so and that goes down to um, to city uh, so it goes down to you know your based on your preferences you're 95% likely to really enjoy um, Port Vila in Vanuatu um, because of, it has these uh, these types of activities. Here's a profile on Port Vila. Here's the informational packages that we actually may have in Port Vila at that time. So it's it's really about actually understanding. So it, well, it does say actually a couple of things. So you know we're hoping to use that to really be able to, as we come out of COVID, inspire and motivate people to want to travel again. Um, to you know to really generate that excitement, but then also to I, I guess go down to that detail to use that information to uh, push out a very personalised information for for what they may enjoy um, and what we may be able to offer them as well. I don't think the world will need a lot of encouragement to travel again. <laughs> most most people I know yeah. are just dying for that day to come. Yeah. Um, I think the, the question I had was around the granularity of, of that uh, experience. So we, we talked about which city works best. You, it does it go all the way down to the, this, this accommodation works best for you for given the, uh, um, the requirements the traveler might have, um, the the you know this is the kind of transportation that will work best for you is does it go to that level or are you anticipating to go to that level of detail so it's so it's you know there's nothing left to sort of chance everything is planned is is that the world you're or is that the way this is going Look, I think it will get there. Um, I wouldn't say it, it's it's going to be, um, I, I guess, that granular to begin with. One, uh, again, if we bring it back again to the disability space, one of the, you know, like I mentioned earlier, if, if we can improve the data um, that we have around uh, accessible uh, tourism more broadly and operators, um, uh, locations, attractions, or we can absolutely use data and AI and uh, to, to be able to do that. Um, but but one of the challenges is quite but uh, quite specifically in accessible travel is there's there's a lack of data to be able to use to to build those applications. I don't think the challenge is in the technology development. I think the challenge is actually in the data availability to be able to do it. Given COVID has totally turned the industry around um, and I would imagine that once borders open up and travel becomes normal again, I would imagine that the world will not travel in the same way they were traveling prior to COVID, your thoughts on what that world could look like and what that travel could look like going forward? 
I think the first thing I would say is going to be actually intimidating for people. Um, there are so many rules and regulations that are um, new because of COVID um, and, and they will stick around, um, but they're going to continue to change as the world change, as vaccine rates change, as new variants come across. Uh, we had a client um, that had to get an exemption to travel to the US the other day um, and the amount of challenges to, to get her on a on a flight to the US, it, it, you know, it, it took... Um, uh, a colleague that was working on that particular booking, like she was up until 1.30 in the morning um, doing things to, to try and get her on a flight, um, where previous to COVID, that would have been a very simple, let's book a flight and get her on, um, and it would have taken us an hour. It took us an enormous amount of effort. Um, so travellers being able to navigate that landscape coming out of COVID is actually going to be really, really challenging. So there's going to be COVID vaccine passports. I, I think we all understand they're coming, um, how they get introduced, how they get managed from a safety point of view um, and, and, you know, data protection and, and cybersecurity and all those types of things. But navigating the different landscapes of where to travel, how to travel, it, it's going to be intimidating at first. Um, we, we agree with you that we think that um, once people are able to, there's going to be a huge demand for travel um, and, we, and we can't wait. Um, I guess one of our roles is how do we make that easy for customers? Um, how do we use our understanding, our networks, our industry expertise to, to help navigate that landscape for them? Um, and we, because th that part of travel for people is not fun. Um, it's the it's the thing that you've got to do, um, but you don't enjoy it. What you want to do is you want to be on your holiday and you want to enjoy it and love it and, you know, build those lifetime memories. Um, so, our role is, I guess, you know, in the disability space or otherwise, our role is, is assisting people through that. The um, fact that we, we will have travel obviously commencing, but the, 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 the near future part of it where, as you said, it's it could be intimidating at first. So I guess people would, and, and this is across the board, people would be very keen to understand the, uh, the medical networks that are out there, the medical support that's out there in the immediate future. Uh, given that will then hopefully encourage people to be a bit more comfortable and um, and more uh, you know so they can focus on the on the good stuff of of travel and not just worry about well uh, the country I'm going to is not fully vaccinated or uh, or still has issues and the and the hospitals are full you know so yeah any thoughts on on that whether that's the kind of uh, immediate challenge that you are hoping to resolve. I would say yes, um, absolutely. That is that is a key requirement. Um, uh, and if you bring that back to the the disability space of travel, I'd say that's probably even more critical, um, given given the higher risk potentially um, of travelling in that environment. So, um, you know, we have a, a client who's a who's a young boy um, who would be on the very sort of extreme end of support required when he when he travels with his family, um, and he has a, a he. Um, he competes uh, in a tournament called Boccia, but um, he has a goal to travel to Paris 2024 um, for, for the Paralympics. Uh, but one of the key things in considering travel for him is not only the challenges of, a, of getting medical equipment and support workers to, to travel with him and his family, but it's a what, what, what medical support do I have in the area that I'm going to? Like how close I'm into a hospital that has these particular people that can look after these particular things for me. Um, then you add the COVID landscape over the, over the top of that as well. And what does that look like in that environment? So um, it, it, is, um, it is a challenge. And, and, and again, it's why it's one of the reasons we established this business. So um, we, we don't want people not traveling because it's too hard. 
what we want to be able to do is actually assist them through the, the challenges so they can really travel like anyone else. So if uh, our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, Jan and Andrew, what's the best way to do that? You can uh, go on our website. It's uh, supportedtravelx.com.au. Uh, or you can just give us a, a quick call on one three hundred two hundred seven eight nine. Easy. Fantastic. Well, I'll put that in our show notes for sure. Uh, look, any you know, it's been such an inspiring uh, chat with both of you, and I think the important importance of travel is never underestimated. Of course, we everybody likes to travel, and everybody should have an opportunity to experience travel. And, and, you know, disability should never be the reason uh, for this not to happen. So I think it's remarkable and amazing that you're doing this sort of work and using technology, such rich technology that uh, we anticipate uh, in the future, but also uh, building up to that. I, I can see that uh, the use of uh, rich data can, can really help personalize an experience like no other. But I also can see that unplanned um, things that happen during a trip can easily, hopefully, easily be uh, rectified and uh, attended to. And also having that near future uh, viewpoint of, uh, of, of requirements, medical requirements or any other requirements given our you know, immediate post-COVID world, uh, whenever that comes about to be. So I think it's a it's a great place to wrap up uh, the podcast. I think it's been an absolutely fantastic uh, chat, and I've learned so much from the amazing cause that you're do, embarking on. So thank you very much, Jan and Andrew, for your time. Thank, thank you, you for the opportunity. Yeah.